This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it's time to get mad. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. Big show for you guys today. We got Falcons news to get to, NBA Finals preview, as well as we get set for. The NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, and even some news that could benefit the Atlanta Hawks coming up. We'll get to that all before the end of today's show. But we start today with another loss for the Atlanta Braves, and in a fashion that just was not supposed to happen the way this team was constructed. It was a four-run lead heading into the bottom of the sixth inning, which promptly disappeared, and the Braves lost the game in extra innings once again, eight to seven. Um, it has not been a good week so far for the Braves. And they have an early start today against the D-backs to close out this three-game series and have to avoid being swept. Uh, this is a team right now that's nine and 13 away from Truist Park on the year. Uh, and it just has not gone well at all for the Atlanta Braves. And to top it all off, the cherry on top last night, after Ronald Acuna doubles home a run in uh, the third inning, what happens the very next time he gets up? Well, he gets plunked. Uh, Matt Olson had hit a home run to take a 3-2 lead, and Acuna gets up with nobody on, and bam. Uh, he gets plunked in the back, and here we go again. Um, look, this is not a uh, situation that I would ever condone. Uh, I never, I think base brawls and bench clearing balls are stupid. Uh, nothing ever really happens. Um, you know, there is a sense of just, you know, uh, please don't take this as a sexist remark, but it's like girl fighting. It's like slapping around. Like there's no real punches being thrown. It's not like a real brawl or anything like that that you'd see. And so from that standpoint, I think they're a huge waste of time. But maybe, just maybe, as Jeff Frank Corvin said last night, you know, Start a damn fight. Show some life at this point. Like, I don't I don't know what to do um, to shake things loose. Uh, I, I, am, I am getting very closer to the edge of panicking, as I've told you. Uh, we are now at June 1st. Uh, we've got exactly two weeks to the end of the national series uh, where I have predicted they must be over 500 by um, for them to really have convinced me that they've turned this thing around. Uh, and it's not starting out well. This stretch of games is not starting out well at all. And so, you know, I look at the situation uh, in, in a game like last night where they're not supposed to lose, in a game like last night where they score seven runs and have 14 hits, the strength of this team this year has been in the pitching and in the bullpen. They're not supposed to lose a game like this. They're just flat out not. And uh, it is very much a um, – a sign that things are not going to right themselves. As I've said repeatedly, this is, doesn't look like the brand of baseball that we want to see this team playing. And that's really the issue. And I don't know if Brian Snitker needs to have a closed door meeting or, uh, you know, he stays out of the clubhouse for the most part, but maybe get in the clubhouse and shake some things up with guys and, you know, just figure out a way um, to, to get people to understand 
where we are uh, and, and, and what needs to happen going forward. Because you can't take much more of this. You really can't. Like you, you can't continue to lose games like this and go at this rate and have it be something um, that you think you're just going to snap your fingers and get out of. You know, like that's just not the way it works. Um, and and with baseball, it sort of takes time to build a little momentum. You know, it's this isn't major league where you, you get an inspirational speech with 30 games left and you know, all of a sudden you just overtake first place. Like those things are such rare occurrences. Uh, it takes a while to get things going. Uh, and, you know, for the first time, like, you know, the Braves last night scored a bunch of runs and they didn't strike out a ton. And they started to look like a team offensively that we thought they would look like all year long. And what happens? Then the bullpen doesn't show up. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it's beyond at this point in time. Again, Charlie Morton wasn't great yesterday, but, you know, he, he left the game with a lead um, and a lead that he, he should have, you know, had uh, and, and kept. But it wasn't to happen. You know, Will Smith and Kensley Jansen, the, the two guys who were, who were stalwarts and closers last year, each give up a run in their eighth and their ninth. And and then that's it. You know, I mean, it's just it, it, it can't go down like that. It really can't. Um, and and this is where they are right now. This is their lot in life. They They are close to being characterized as not a very good baseball team uh, and, and have to figure out a way about it. And the only thing, and I'm going to wait to really dive deeper into the discussion. The only thing really left to ask about is, is Alex Anthopoulos going to do something? That's really the only thing left to figure out. Um, because if you wait till the all-star break and do nothing, you may be so far out of it that you just have to hold pat at the trade deadline um, or you sell off a piece or two and, and hope for something else. But, I'm not even concerned with where the Mets are. I'm concerned with what the Atlanta Braves are doing, or in this case, what they're not doing, and that's winning ballgames. And that needs to change very, very quickly, because if it does not, um, there's going to be some real changes around here. And I, I would think that for as bold as Alex Anthopoulos is, this wouldn't be the time. It would be counter to – Everything he's done in the past for him to just go, you know what, let's just stand still. Because that's not what he's done. Now, in fairness, that was never his mantra before he had won a title. I don't know what the Alex Anthopoulos is after he's won a title. I know he's aggressive enough to go and get a title. Is he aggressive enough to stay that way and try to get another one? Um, that's really the question that we'll have to figure out, and we'll know that answer in time. So going to be interesting to see. All right, um, we get back. We will get into the Atlanta Falcons as uh, they have another OTA coming up on Friday. What is it going to look like uh, and what sort of tone will be set? And how quickly will we start to see Marcus Mariota insert himself with the number ones on offense? That's coming up here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. Appreciate you guys making A to Z part of your daily sports listen. We continue to grow this whole thing. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, it, it has been an amazing first two months in the books for us here at Locked On Sports Atlanta. We are so happy that you guys have chosen to join us and please continue the support. We certainly appreciate it. Now, I want to get you guys involved. So, again, reach out to me on. Uh, 
on Twitter, on social media, and uh, and give me your reaction to the show. Let me know your thoughts. Share some ideas. Uh, I'm all for it. And uh, after you listen to A to Z, make sure you check out all the other great shows we have here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones, Jarvis Davis, and Denitra Batiste, our Braves postcast with Grant McCauley. You saw Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons yesterday and in hibernation right now from Locked On Hawks. It's our good friend. Brad Rowland. So uh, we'll obviously get the Brad coming up here as the summer goes along because we do have a little bit of news that may concern the Hawks and we'll get into the NBA finals coming up here in our final segment of the show. But another Falcons OTA gets underway on Friday. Uh, availability is open to the media. I won't be able to be there. Uh, I have this golf weekend planned with uh, friends that I do every single year. And so uh, I'll be out of town, but I'll certainly get up the flowery branch. I promise to give you guys a full report uh, as soon as I do. That said, one of the things I'm curious to see uh, is how quickly Desmond Ritter will get in with the ones and how many reps he's going to get. You know, you'll get a sense of how much Arthur Smith wants to lean on Desmond Ritter and give him an opportunity to start. Now, we talked last week about sort of the culture and everything that Arthur Smith was trying to create. I've said repeatedly, I've talked about how, you know, um, this team could be competitive. I've talked. I've talked about how, Desmond Ritter for the first time for him to get into the game or get into the, a game in the season, barring injury, uh, week eight against Carolina Panthers, all that. And we hear today from Marcus Mariota that he says that he believes that Desmond Ritter is going to be the starting quarterback week one of the NFL season. Well, that's nice that he thinks that, but that's not his job. And, and we've seen this storyline come out often. Uh, I've seen it up close and personal in teams that I've covered in my career. But Ryan Tannehill this year, when when – of the Tennessee Titans, when they drafted Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill said it's not my job to mentor him. And he's 100% right. It's not his job. Ryan Tannehill's job is to play quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Until somebody tells him it's not his job anymore, that is his job. No one ever gets gets acquired to be a coach on the field. That's not that's not how it goes. Uh, and, and fans who think that are wrong. Now, there are players who do it. There are players who are willing to do it. Some are willing to do it more than others. But it's not their job. It, it, it's not part of their job description to teach other players how to play football. Um, it doesn't make you a bad teammate. It doesn't make you a bad player. It doesn't make you a bad person. Okay. What it makes you is somebody who does their job. Your job is to do your job. And that's enough on a football field. You don't have to do other people's job. NFL staffs are pretty big for a reason. They have coaches for every single level and multiple coaches at every single level for a reason. That's their job to teach people how to play and what to do. Not the guys on the field. So it's not Marcus Mariota's job to get Desmond Ritter to play football in the NFL. Marcus Mariota's job right now is to be a quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons and theoretically the starting quarterback in week one. So um, it's one of these deals where, you know, the best thing Mariota can do is be ready to give way to Desmond Ritter, right? Like Marcus has to know that this job isn't his long-term. And I think he's smart enough to know that he wasn't brought here to be the starting quarterback long-term. If he was, the Falcons wouldn't have drafted one immediately, like a couple of weeks after the ink got dry on the paper for Mariota's contract. So that's not he, – he's smart enough to know that, that he is not a long-term starter in this league anymore. He is a backup, and he can be a great backup, and he can help mentor younger guys. Not his job, but he can help do it if he chooses to. And according to everything we're reading and seeing – he does want to choose to. He does want to do that. Um, you know, he has said openly again, he expects Mariota to start the season opener as the quarterback, uh, as a starting quarterback. 
okay, great. Again, it's not Mariota's decision. But when they go to OTAs and how much time will Ritter get with the ones will be very, very telling. Uh, those are the things you pay attention to. For fans who, when you get to training camp and you watch things like, forget what you see, forget like the long bomb that's completed that everybody gets excited about, which I can't understand. Um, you know, watch who is playing next to whom and who is getting reps and who is getting starting reps and who is working with the ones, who's working with the twos, what plays they're running, things of that nature. That's what you got to start looking for because ultimately that's going to tell you what's an indicator of the season. There's a reason why they film practice every day, all day, because they have to get hours and hours of tape on guys to judge truly what they can do because you can't watch all 11 players on the field, let alone all 22 on the field if you're Arthur Smith at the same time when something happens. So how much will Desmond Ritter get to be with the ones? It'll be hard to tell. Uh, I'm curious to see how quickly that starts out. It may be a gradual thing. It, I don't want to jump to any conclusions. It may be something where he'll only get 10% of the reps with the runs to start. Then, you know, another OTA, they don't, they don't increase it to 25. Because like for all rookie quarterbacks, you don't want to throw too much of them too quickly because their ability to digest it isn't as great as some of the veterans in this league. Some young kids pick it up, some don't. And that may be the other part of this that we're leaving out and we're forgetting. Desmond Ritter's ability to digest an NFL offense and understand reading NFL defenses, he's not coming from LSU. He's not coming from Georgia. He's not coming from USC or even Ohio State, where they have something called legitimate defenses. He's coming from Cincinnati, Memphis is not an NFL caliber defense. Memphis doesn't have but one player that is an NFL caliber defensive player, let alone a starter. Neither does Tulane, neither does Houston. They maybe have one NFL player on their entire defense. So he hasn't seen competition at this level. And so he is going to need time to understand what that looks like. And if he doesn't get it quick, they're not going to throw more at him. They'll only give him as much as he can handle, and that's a smart way to handle it. If he can't handle a lot very quickly, guess what? Psst, you might have drafted the wrong guy. That's one thing they'll be looking for. If he can't pick it up, they'll know very quickly. Kid can't play. Can't play. He can't play. And that happens. It happens more than you think. But that's kind of what you're going to start to see and what I'm going to start to look for at these next OTAs and how much they will be able to install with a quarterback like Desmond Ritter, and how fast it'll be able to happen. All right, coming up next, NBA Finals Game 1 coming up. A quick preview of the Celtics and Golden State Warriors, plus a little bit of news that could provide the Hawks with a little bit of a windfall. We'll discuss that coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. It's A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Appreciate you guys joining me. Thanks for making A to Z part of your daily sports listen. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a like there. And wherever you get your podcast, give us five stars. Who gave us a thumbs up rating, whatever it may be. Thanks for all the love and support you guys have given Locked On Sports Atlanta. All right, before we get to the NBA Finals and what could benefit the Hawks, time for Shovels of Wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. All 
That's right. If you want to give a shovel, you can do so on my Twitter account at Marzeno. Just use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Tommy Pham. You guys know Tommy Pham, major league baseball player, Cincinnati Reds. You might have heard about this last week where he uh was playing against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, and before the game started, he went over to former Braves, now Giants outfielder, Jock Peterson, and slapped him in the face. He said, what the hand said in the face? Lap. And there was a little bit of a uh, dust-up, if you will. Major League Baseball um, suspended him. Uh, they, the next day, they deemed it inappropriate conduct, and Bam was suspended for a game, and Peterson had mentioned that it's all over fantasy football. Well, now, fam, you know, after that embarrassment that you did that over fantasy football, you loser, uh, sore loser at that. Now we get that fam is taking shots at Mike Trout as the league's commissioner um, and that Mike Trout was the one who sort of precipitated this whole thing and could have prevented it all. Uh, and according to Pam said, Trout did a terrible job, man. Trout is the worst commissioner in fantasy sports because he allowed a lot of stuff to go on. He could have solved it all. I don't want to be the bleeping commissioner. I've got other stuff to do trout didn't want to do it we put him in so it's kind of our fault too because we made him commissioner god look um tommy mr fam uh if uh if if where you are at your stage of your career is taking shots at the best baseball player on the planet uh for his lack of fantasy football commissioner skills uh you're not doing well <laughs> like honestly like, if that's the worst thing Mike Trout has to deal with, Mike Trout's doing just fine. He's doing just fine. Tommy, I don't think you're taking shots at Mike Trout. Anybody's going to look any different at Mike Trout because he's a bad fantasy football commissioner. We'll take a lap, Tommy. Everything will be fine. All right. Um, one quick note about the Hawks here. As we see the news that Quinn Snyder, head coach of the Utah Jazz, maybe exiting from the team there, ending his eight-year tenure there. He's got two years left on his deal. They're in contract negotiations on an extension. The front office has told him he can come back and stay uh, on the rest of the two years. It looks like the front office wants to retain him. Schneider does not have the warm and fuzzy at this point in time. You know, and he said that he's he's expressed no interest in discussing open jobs. So he is looking for something else. And the Jazz don't know how to solve this problem yet. The only reason I bring this up is because if the Hawks, who may be interested in either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, uh, if they have a design on getting one of those players, if you get rid of the head coach and you break the whole thing up, then guess what? It's a lot easier to get those players because the organization may turn around and just say, okay, let's start the rebuild, get as much as we can get for the players that we have, and we can go from there. That may be something that may net the Hawks uh, an easier time at getting some of those other players. Right. Like if they decide to break up the entire jazz, it's a lot easier. If Quinn Snyder says and says, I want Gobert here and I want Mitchell here and we're going to make this thing work. Those players don't become available. The Hawks have to look elsewhere. Just something to keep your eye on. Just something to keep your eye on. All right. Game one between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors in the NBA finals coming up on Thursday night. So tomorrow. Uh, I did a quick preview of this from a betting standpoint. Obviously, you know that's all that I really care about. Um, but nonetheless, I think Golden State wins the series. I do like Boston here in game one. 
getting the points. Um, and I like them because there is a sense for me that one, this number is going to continue to go up. It opened at three and a half. I think it's already at four. It wouldn't shock me to see this thing by five at tip off tomorrow. 87% of the public is already on the Celtics. I mean, sorry, on the Warriors rather. And that's just a sign for me to run in the other direction. That said, um, I think there's a sense that if Boston's going to win a game on the road in this series, you know, by the way, Golden State hasn't lost a playoff game at home this year. They've only lost 10 games at the Chase Center all season long. One of them, however, was to the Boston Celtics. So they do have that in their back pocket, even though Steph Curry got injured in that game, didn't finish the game, and uh, Golden State loses. But nonetheless, um, they don't lose a lot at home. But if Boston is going to steal one, it's going to be game one. It's going to have to be game one. Because if, if Golden State wins game one, you know they're just going to be in full cruise control, and, and they're going to overpower Boston with a win. I, the outcomes I see are Boston keeping this close and winning, Boston keeping it close and losing, or Golden State blowing them out. Like, And I think that's probably more likely than Boston winning outright. Uh, I think Golden State probably ends up keeping it close and they end up winning the game, um, but maybe only by a bucket or so, by three, whatever it may be, and uh, it goes down like that. But I think if Golden State wins, they're going to blow them out. It'll be a 120-105 final, uh, and it won't be close. And really, that's how game one is going to go down. So uh, from that standpoint, it's very um, tough to diagnose, you know, which way the rest of the series will go without seeing game one because these are two very good defensive teams. But I still think there's going to be points scored. Um, the, the total at 211 in the first game is a little bit lower than I would have thought it was going to be. So I'm going to take the over. But I've been a sucker for Golden State overs this entire postseason. So I can't I can't help myself at this point in time. Nonetheless, um, I'll take the points with the Celtics. But again, I'm going to wait until we get closer to tip-off. And I'll have more on this tomorrow and a couple of different props and, and things that I'm looking at along the way. But I'm going to wait until we get closer to tip-off because I truly, truly believe this number is going to continue to go up and Golden State will be a heavier favorite as we go along. All right, that'll do it for us here on A to Z. Uh, back tomorrow, make sure you guys check out Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, the ATL Sports Talker with you, everything Braves, Dogs, Falcons, Hawks, all right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. You guys have a great day. Don't do any crap from anybody. See you.